Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Undivided, episode number 60, The Light of the World, which is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com, our sponsor, the world's leader in spoken audio, audio books, online periodicals and speeches for all things spoken audio. It's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com after our show here tonight. And in the drop-down menu box on the right-hand side, enter Life Coach Radio Network for a chance to win a free 30-day trial of Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the sponsor of Undivided here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome in, everyone, to Undivided episode number 60, The Light of the World. It is the final episode of Undivided. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, and the disclaimer for tonight's show, before we get too far into it, the views of episode 60 of Undivided, The Light of the World, the final episode, may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank J. Maduri, and may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. And I would like to dedicate this show tonight to my parents. Uh, without whom their example and their role in my life, and obviously without them in my life, I wouldn't be here to bring this show to you. So I dedicate this show to my mom and dad, and may they rest in peace. The introduction to tonight's show, The Light of the World, is something that comes into form at this season of Christmas, the season of light, Hanukkah starting, you know, the Festival of Lights, there's so much light in the world. You know, we did a, a show on uh, a couple years ago around the holidays and compared all the different major religions and their holidays and the concept of light coming out of the darkness. The days getting shorter, you know, here in November, December, and we'll have the shortest day of the year, you know, coming up on Christmas. That's to symbolize that Jesus came out of the darkness and became the light of the world. These situations with darkness and hatred have served as a backdrop to many of the shows that I've done here, both within the series of Undivided and also a special show that I uh, was had the honor of taking a part in, excuse me, with uh, Trina Ramsey, who used to work for the network and did so much to help my show. And I want to thank Trina at this point. But Trina Ramsey had me on a special episode when I was new to the network about race in America right after the terrible events in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I was on a panel, uh, and that show can be found uh, through the Life Coach Radio Network. It was a panel show on race in America, and it was one of the most powerful things I was blessed to do. And it served as kind of a springboard into the Undivided shows. If you remember back in the first episode, the premiere episode of this show, I had said, I don't have all the answers. I'm looking for them. And I invited the audience to come with me as I was seeking out answers to very tough questions. I seeking some insight into the human condition and had subject matter experts and awesome and enlightened guests along the way and reached an, uh, an audience, excuse me, um, in a very profound way. And just recently we had the shootings and the hatred of that hate crime that they were learning more and more about here in Jersey City. 
which is the headquarters of Life Coach Radio. I do the show from another location in New Jersey, but the headquarters is in Jersey City. So that hit very close to home, and it was just last week. And that officer that was killed, a detective with five children just before Christmas. So there's a lot of darkness in the world. There's anti-Semitic undertones to that hate crime that they've been uncovering in Jersey City, which shocked a lot of people, both in that community and within New Jersey and within the region, the New York metropolitan area. There's a sense of isolation and dreariness. There's a sense that people think that they're taken for granted, that they're unappreciated. We're going to delve into all this tonight on our program, the hopelessness versus the hope, and how we can take care of our relationships by first taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves and changing our daily interactions by getting rid of preconceptions we might have about the person or the situation and to shift our energy and have perspective. There are other problems in the world. There are people, like I said, that, you know, there are children that lost their father, you know, two weeks before Christmas. There are people that lose people that are valuable to them every minute of the day. And that's the backdrop to our program here. The last time I'll be with you this evening. And as we enter the divide segment, it's always the first segment of our show. And it will take a look at this division. And so tonight I usually ask the guest, and and as anyone has listened to the show uh, routinely, if you will, when I do the solo programs, I incorporate audience feedback and feedback from other people that listen to uh, the program that are close friends of mine and try and come up with a, a sketch for the show kind of outlining things and asking myself the questions that I would ask a guest. And from doing the show, you know, for 60 episodes, I think I'm well qualified to answer some of these things based on what I found out along the way. Many people live, you know, this day-to-day life, as I had mentioned in the introduction of the show, this dreary kind of outlook Others tend to have the outlook that life is supposed to be difficult. I know people like that. Well, life is hard. Life is tough. You just have to deal with it. They may also judge people. There's a lot of judgments that go on, as we talked with Sylvia DeMott a couple of episodes ago about. People may judge people who are upbeat as being too happy and almost resent those people. I've known situations in my own life where I've heard that, well, so-and-so doesn't like you because you're happy all the time or you're upbeat all the time because that's just part of my nature. Our outlook is shaped by our experiences. As we've talked so much about on this program, it's the lens with which we view the world. It's shaped by our upbringing, by our environment, by our socioeconomic situation, our race, our gender, and many other factors. And we've talked about gender divides on this show. We've talked about relationships, both romantic and otherwise. We've delved into workplace environment scenarios with multiple guests. You know, Jeannie Smith comes to mind most recently. 
back in the beginnings of the show, we had Brenda Baird on the program. We had Tammy Banfield on the Glass Ceiling show. So we've dealt with and delved into a lot of different avenues around this topic. And I think it's important to note at this point in you know the program and also within the series that it's it's so important to meet people wherever they are. It's so important to look at the situation and wherever that person is, whether they're in this dreariness, you know, try and meet them there and, and, and understand and to show that empathy or that understanding and accepting and being there to support those in need, maybe accepting that their viewpoint may not change overnight and it may not change for a long time. And it may not ever change. I know people that that's happened to as well. But it's important for us to be invested in that person to try and help them because you never know the impact that you'll have on someone's life. Some people are okay with being withdrawn or they want to be alone. They want to be in isolation. Maybe they've been really hurt. We don't know the the factors behind that. The problem with that is human beings are made for connection and interaction. It's really a delicate line that we have to walk. But sometimes, you know, just knowing that someone is concerned for them and concerned for their well-being can help that other person. But at other points, you know, people have shut other people out of their lives. That that can happen a lot. Uh What's important in those situations, because, you know, the audience wanted to know, you know, my opinion on this, you know, what happens when I'm concerned for so-and-so, but they deliberately are giving me the cold shoulder or they're deliberately shutting me out because maybe they've been hurt or maybe they misconstrued something that's gone on in the past. In that situation, it's important to respect the boundaries of that other person and just check in with them. Let them come to you, you know, when they are ready is probably the best way to be in that situation. Try and be a source of, of hope for them as well. You know, Paul Silva did a whole show on addiction and was very honest on this program with his own battle and with addiction, specifically alcoholism. And my dad had a problem with, with alcohol, and we've shared that on this show before, too. I'm an, an adult child of an alcoholic. My dad had struggles with alcoholism throughout his entire life to the end of his life. And I would check in on him, and I would call him. He lived a distance away. And I would try all different ways to reach out to him. I would text him. I would call him. Sometimes I wouldn't hear back from him for a couple weeks or more. And I had to accept that, that that's how that person was. He lived alone. He liked being alone. Um, He had things that he was invested in doing. And there were times where he got right back to me, and there were times when he didn't. And I had to balance those out and just respect that boundary and, and make sure that he knew that I was concerned for his well-being and, and that I was concerned about him. But it's, it's very challenging. Don't get me wrong. It can be very, very challenging. 
But that show that Paul and I did, listen to that show. That's we both shared a lot on that program, and that will help shed some light. But I think in in the underlying thing is we have to to just respect other people, but also respect yourself too. And if you're pouring energy down like a rabbit hole, that's not going to serve anyone, yourself or the other person either. So it's a delicate line. I've known many people who feel like everyone takes them for granted, you know. We all probably know someone that feels that way or we might have felt that way at other points invariably in our own life. Or that they put forth all this effort, right, either at home or at work, and they feel unappreciated. Happened to me recently honestly, at work. These same people might find it irritating that other people have lives where that's not the case. You know, I I was talking to somebody who said, oh, you know, everyone takes me for granted. And then so-and-so, you know, has never been in that situation. Like they walk through their life. Like my friend's brother, you know, has never done anything to help anyone. And he drives a BMW and his life's great. That can be a major rift between people. And that's really a perception versus reality situation that we all have, and that contributes to the division in society. Look at what's happening just today in Washington, D.C. Like, I never wanted this show to be a political show. But on the day that when I'm recording this program, during the, during the day, on the day that I decided, you know, months ago that this was going to be the last episode of this show, and I'll get to that later on towards the end of our program tonight, we're in a situation on Capitol Hill where they're impeaching the president. And that's going to create a major rift, and that's going to create a major division in American society. And that's all was on the news when I was at the gym this morning. Every single channel, of course, it's a big story. And, and it falls on the day of the last show of Undivided. And there's all this stuff in the news in the last week about all these divisions. Outlook and energy are really invaluable aspects of life. The problem is that American society in particular does not value them. Your outlook and your positive energy and your ability to look at a situation and not judge or interpret it. As we talked about, you know, interpretations, judgments, things that we do with Sylvia DeMott a couple of episodes ago, three episodes ago, you should check that out. And in that show, we talked about this aspect of life and how feeling supported is critical. In Nancy Coble's show, we talked about having honest communication around things. Being honest, being courageous in our communication, and Nadia Tenorio, who came on the show twice, her first appearance on this program was all about effective communication. It was one of the most listened to shows of the program, it was probably in the top five most listened to shows of the entire 60-episode run. And Nadia was so gracious, you know, she appeared on the show twice, but her first appearance, you know, that... That was an awesome show, and Nancy's show was a very powerful show that got great audience feedback about having the courage to have these conversations with people, saying to them, hey, look, I feel completely unappreciated. I feel completely taken for granted. 
And sometimes you have to do that. You have to, to bring it to the attention of the other people or the other person in the scenario and just be straight with them, so to speak. We're 15 minutes into our program, episode 60, The Light of the World, the final episode of Undivided. We'll be back in a moment. But first, money magic, money magic coming up on Life Coach Chat Channel. Excuse me, Gull Khan is the host. That's Money Magic, the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. So Money Magic is the series. Gull Khan is the host. Check the website for more information. It's the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Audible.com is our sponsor. Let's raise some money tonight. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. The Salvation Army, you can reach them, www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code, your local zip code to donate in your local community, or Google the poorest zip codes in your state and type those zip codes in to donate to those who are in need. And I wanted to mention something else on the Salvation Army um, I overheard earlier on the radio. Because of the calendar change, there's eight less days in the holiday season. So with Thanksgiving being so late this year, they have eight less days behind those red kettles that they're so famous for, the Salvation Army. That's going to cause a loss of $250,000 in donations. So please support them. Those donations go to local communities, to your local community, and they want to remind you they also accept Apple Pay and Google Pay for those who are concerned you know, about your safety and security of your finances. And we're back here on Undivided, episode number 60, The Light of the World. And before we went to that 15-minute stop, and I thank you for being with me both tonight and throughout the series, we were talking about, you know, having honest communication and, you know, people that feel unappreciated. In my daily interactions, and this happens almost every day, I encounter someone that feels you know, maybe that the world is a dark place. And not only that, they feel hopeless to change it. See, that's the, the, the fact of saying, oh, well, the, the world, excuse me, can be a dark place is, is understandable with, you know, we talked about that in the role of the media show that I hosted. It's a solo program. The media can make you feel like you're in this wheel that you can't get out of, this wheel of hopelessness. And you do, you feel like, well, what am I going to do to, to make a difference? It's important to persevere through that and to help also lead others to the understanding that we need to be kind to other people in our daily interactions because that could change the entire situation for someone who might be sad, they might be hurt about something, they might be depressed. And we can truly change the world in our small corner of the world. You know, I remember, and I've talked about spiritual aspects on, on the show multiple, multiple times, but I remember uh, being in, in church, being in mass one time, and in the homily, the uh, priest was talking about how, you know, Jesus, when he lived his earthly life here, 
from what we understand from the Bible and what we understand from the Gospels and what we understand from other historical records and accounts, he was in a very small corner of the world in Galilee, you know, in parts of what is now Israel and Jordan and parts of the Middle East, parts of Syria. He was in a small corner of the world. He impacted a small amount of people relative. It's not like he traversed the entire world and, you know, impacted on this grand scale. And a lot of the gospel accounts were him in very small interactions. You think about him healing the paralytic, or you hear about the accounts of him, you know, healing the widow that touched his cloak, the, the, uh, Samaritan woman at the well, excuse me. And all these stories within the Gospels and the Christmas, the Advent season in preparation for Christmas is a great time to familiarize yourself with these accounts if you're not already familiar. Let's say you're out there, you're a Christian or a Catholic and you're kind of lapsed. Um, no judgment zone here, but it's it's time for you guys to dust off the Bible and and read these or reread them. But these are accounts where maybe with one of his disciples, they're one-to-one situations or they're in small groups of people. And that's what we're called to do. You know, we're called to go out there and live in a world that's difficult and live in a world that seems dark, but to, in our daily interactions, help those who are sad or hurt or depressed And sometimes it's hard because they might give you attitude. They might be angry. And it's important to cut through all of that and to see them for who they are and to see them as a child of God. And that's a theme that we'll discuss, you know, as this show goes on. But it also makes me think about, you know, when when we feel this way, you know, how can I change? We have to put ourselves out there. And that could be scary, too. You know, don't get me wrong. We all like our comfort zones, myself included. But, you know, Russ Terry offered me the opportunity to do a series on Life Coach Radio Network. And as I've mentioned on the show before, I didn't really know what that series was going to be. And it became undivided through an idea that I got while I was sitting in mass in my parish. And it's taken off from there. I decided that I wanted to do something about the world that I was living in. And I wanted to help other people that were like myself who were trying to understand how it was the way it was and how we could change it. Many people are divided over the way that they feel they're treated at work, at school, maybe by their friends or their family or their colleagues or associates. And this series, you know, over the course of time has delved into mental illness and the stigma around that. We had Nicholas Perez on that show. Suicide and uh, Paul Garwood shares some very personal accounts and then also accounts where he's helped counsel other people. Depression, addiction, which I mentioned before with Paul Silva. Chronic illnesses, we had Kara Sachs on with that program somewhat recently. And other situations that could cause people to feel ostracized or isolated. Now, how do you deal with that? It's crucial 
to be the light to those who feel that way. And it sounds cliche, and it can be difficult to do, but many of us have to to stay out and take aside our own issues and struggles and put those aside. We have to take them out of the equation, which can be hard to do, you know, for people, myself included, in order to be there for another person that's struggling or in need. As I mentioned before, that perspective to have, you know, thinking about people in this world that are starving or homeless, with some kind of terminal illness, they're in prison, whatever their situation is, things can be a lot worse than what we have it. And it's important, as hard as it is, and not to discount what people go through. But like as the old saying goes, it could always be worse. And guess what? It can. Even for people that are struggling in the throes of a lot of different things that life throws their way. You know, I could be struggling myself. I've shared on the program, you know, I have chronic pain uh, from illnesses that I, from illnesses, excuse me, from injuries that I sustained in an automobile accident that was not my fault. And it took a lot for me to overcome that and overcome all of that, the emotional aspect of that, the physical aspect of trying to rebuild myself um, and, and overcome the injuries to go through the angst and the frustration and maybe the anger at the way the system is set up. You know, I felt like I wasn't served at all by any of it, that everyone took advantage of me and my situation. Uh, there were a lot of feelings towards the other person that hit me that I had to forgive and move on. And throughout the course of my own rehabilitation from the injuries that I had through physical therapy and through uh, aqua therapy and pools and things like that, which I've talked about on the program, I will then have to strive to meet people along that path that had similar injuries that were worse than mine, that had addictions or were struggling with depression or anxiety that were in worse shape than I was. And it makes me think about the eighth station of the cross. You know, I wrote a book on Amazon that's on Amazon about the stations of the cross. And it makes me think of that reflection. You know, if you're unfamiliar, the way of the cross, the stations of the cross, at that point at the eighth station, you know, Jesus is carrying the cross to Calvary to be executed, be crucified. And he meets a group of women. It's called Jesus Meets the Women of Jerusalem. And the reflection is, you know, Jesus is suffering tremendously uh, at that point. He's suffering from being whipped and beaten, spit upon, punched, rocks thrown at him, you name it. He's suffering mentally, emotionally, physically, the anguish and pain. And he's carrying this giant cross on his shoulders and the women of Jerusalem are crying and lamenting and, and wailing for him saying, I can't believe this could happen to you. And he could have very easily been like, woe is me. You know, I'm in this terrible situation, but instead he turns around and gives to them. He says, don't cry for me. 
cry for future generations, cry for your children. Because if this is happening now, you know, what's going to happen down the line? As as the the, uh, gospel verse goes, excuse me, if this can happen when the wood is green, you know, the wood of the cross is green, it's just cut. What's going to happen when it's dry? What's going to happen in the future? How are we going to treat people if I'm being treated like this? What does that say about the future? So he doesn't make it about himself. He makes it about them. He puts aside all of the anguish and all the pain and all the suffering that he is going through at that moment to give to the other people in the scenario. And that is an example to me, and that is the example to us to do so. It's an example to us, and not to sound preachy because I think I'm starting to go that way, but it's an example to us to put aside, and that's the reflection, help me to put aside my own pain, my own sorrow, my own distress, my own emotional distress, my own worry about, you know, a financial bill or some kind of thing in my life or a physical issue that I have to put all that aside and to see the other person and their suffering and to be the light for them. That's what we have to do to live in harmony and unity and strive to understand their point of view. You know, you feel mistreated, you feel uh, hurt, you feel uh, unappreciated, you feel like you're being treated poorly, whether it's at work, by family members, by friends, it's important to understand where they're coming from. You know, as my old mentor used to say, everyone has their stuff in life. We all have our stuff. We all have stuff we're dealing with that we don't always talk about. Everyone has it. What is their deal, as my other friend would say? You've got to try and figure that out. You know, there's uh, somebody that I know who I found out through another party was having some struggles and hadn't really verbalized it. And by looking at the person, you wouldn't think that they do. They have a lot going for them. They have this great job and they have, you know, this uh, wonderful fiance and they have all this stuff going on in their life. And I found out that person was really struggling, really struggling, like mentally, emotionally. So that Sunday at mass, I prayed for him. I found that I found this out on Saturday, the Sunday mass. I prayed for him, and then when when I had a chance to catch up with the person, I don't normally do it, but I felt like this prompting to tell him that I had prayed for him, and the person was so touched by that, I could instantly see a change in their demeanor. And I share this story as an example of this, and they said to me, "Oh well, that was so nice of you to do." And, but you don't have to do that for me. And I said, yes, I can. I yes, I have to, I, I have to, because my Lord taught me to do so. And that's how we will live undivided. And that's how we will be the light to others when things are difficult. We are right at one. Uh, we're right at the, um, um, excuse me, the uh, midpoint of our show, uh, undivided episode 60. The Light of the World, the final episode 
with yours truly, Frank J. Midori. will be back in a moment. First, some upcoming show promotions here on the Networks of Life Coach Radio. Replenish Me, Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar is the host. The series is Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar is the host. Please check out the archived episodes on the Life Coach chat channel and also on Life Coach Radio Network. Cordelia was um, one of the few people that has uh, episodes on both networks. So she has some on Life Coach Radio Network, uh, especially the earlier ones. And then she moved over to Life Coach chat channel and kept the remaining episodes there. So in order to, to look at all of them, you have to hit both um, archive lists on our website. Uh, Cordelia was a guest on this program. Um, if, you, if some of you may remember, the episode was called uh, Being an American Muslim. It was a really powerful show, one of the most powerful shows I've done. Um, and I'm always be grateful to her for coming on and being so open uh, to do that program with me. Um, and it's no real secret it was announced, but it because I'm on the network and, it's ever, and everything, it's going to be kind of delicate. But I just want to let everyone know that there's no upcoming show because Cordelia is moving to a new network and starting a new show. So it's going to have a different name. It's going to be similar in format from what I understand. Uh, I heard from her about a week ago. Um, and Cordelia is moving to uh, a new network, uh, but her archive shows will be available on Life Coach Radio Network, if, excuse me, if you want to get, and Life Coach Chat Channel, if you want to get to know her before moving forward. And then Erica Wiederlight, Erica Wiederlight's show um, is back Monday, December the 23rd. That will be a live show at 11.30 a.m. That's 11.30 a.m. here on the East on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Erica Wiederlight, Monday, December 23rd, or go to our website, that's wethelight.com. Dot com. And speaking of being light to those who live in darkness, every uh, episode since I started doing the, the public service type announcements, we've done this spot for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. They want to remind you that you matter, that you can be the light. You were put here for a purpose and a reason by God. You were put here to be the light to someone else, even though you might feel like this darkness that's pervasive. You might feel really, really tired, really lonely, and you might think about harming yourself. Please, I've lost too many people that I know to suicide. We have to make this stop. And if also, if you want to give to them during this holiday season, they need funding. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. If you or someone you know or love it, here at the holidays especially is feeling down and out, is feeling not like themselves, and they need to talk to somebody, have them please call the number. That's 800-273-8255. Food for the poor, 800-427-9104. That's food for the poor, 800-427-9104. What a great organization. poor. .org is their website. And at this point in the program, because I didn't want to do it at the end, because I think it's just so important, I'm big on recognition. And I wanted to take, before we go back to the regular format of the show and bridge this divide here tonight, I wanted to take a moment here. Excuse me, I need a sip of water. I wanted to take a water, moment here and thank the guests that have appeared on the Undivided series 
Uh, many of my shows have had guests on them, and I wanted to thank them individually by name. So Bill Ross was the first guest on my show. I would like to thank Bill Ross, Dennis Marshall, Steve Rook, Tracy Leacock, Nicholas Perez, Maria Maduri, Diego Alessandro, Tammy Banfield, Michelle West, Scott Krause, Nick Marchese, Patrick Sweeney, Brenda Baird, Marla Goldberg, Paul Garwood, Arlene Schneider, Maggie Stearns, Amy Phillips, Pam Winholtz, Alexandra Maffitt, Miles Smith, Jenna Poneman, Michelle Madden, Suzanne Riley, who appeared on the show twice. She appeared on the show for the fitness episode and the Body Image Divide. The Body Image Divide was one of the most popular, most listened to shows. And she was the only person to appear on the show three times because she also appeared on the 40th anniversary special program and did a spot with me there. So I thank Suzanne. She really put a lot of effort into those programs. The Fitness Divide show was one of the longest programs we did. It went the full 90 minutes. And I had heard from people about that show, how much it helped them to bring fitness into their life. Rick Harrigan, Mark Fechner, Romana Stokel, Barika Porter, Art Maloney, who we did the Veterans in the Workforce show, and it was just so powerful. Cordelia Gaffar, Diana Tapia, Lisa Concepcion, which was the most listened to show of the entire series, was Lisa's show with me on relationships and how she stayed in the moment with me was so powerful. Minu Hexbor, Karen Natasha, Jeannie Smith, Nadia Tenorio, who also appeared twice, as I had mentioned before, in two episodes, and she pinch hit for me in that second episode because I had a cancellation. Thank you, Nadia. Paul Silva, Bronson Bro, Namrata Mathur, Kara Sachs, Jennifer Ball, Nancy Coble, Sylvia DeMott, and Leah Allison. 46 episodes with a guest, 14 shows that were solo shows by me. And again, Suzanne appeared multiple times and Nadia appeared multiple times. And Suzanne was the only person on the show three times. I want to thank all the guests that came on and, and joined the program and lent their expertise to so many issues and I met, met and made so many friends along the way, and I really appreciate each and every one of you for dedicating your time to this show. If you'd like to DM me on Twitter, that's at F-M-A-D-U-R-I, or email us, undividedshow at gmail.com. I would normally open the phone lines. Uh, it's a recorded program, and I wanted to be with the audience and with this topic and not take calls and not get calls congratulating me or saying, you know, how much they enjoyed the program. I wanted this to be a, a different style, a different type of program with the audience tonight. So I thank you for your time and for listening. How do we bridge the divide? So now we enter for the final time, the bridging the divide, which is right after the uh, midpoint break. And it was often when I would ask a guest a, question that they said that made them a little uncomfortable, you know, or was a very big question. So how do we bridge the divide between people who want the spiritual or religious component of being the light removed from this entire scenario? Because I know people that were like, ah, if you say that to somebody, you could come off as holier than thou or preachy. 
People who feel that without religion or spirituality, a person cannot be the light to others. How can you be the light to others when you have no spiritual connection? And to those who live in darkness and want no help. So how do we deal with that? My answer is uh, a complex one. Spirituality is a key human connection. It really is. We've talked about it multiple times throughout the series run. Atheists, though, can be the light to other people. I know some people that have no connection to God, but can be light to other people through their actions. Maybe have been kind to me in my own personal walk. But they could be better served at some point knowing the love of God, too. You know, in my opinion, because without that, you know, at some point, you're going to fail. Because without knowing the love of God, you're going to get, you know, invariably at some point, probably misguided. Probably overtaken by the darkness that can be so pervasive. And without that compass to circle back to, that could be hard. But other other people feel, excuse me, that, you know, the whole religious component of it should be gone. And then there are others that say that, you know what, you still have to be spiritual if you're not religious. Because that is so important to have that connection. My own personal opinion, and you could take it for what it is, is that, you know, you really need a connection to God. You really need that anchor. I've talked about it in many different points, but we also talked about it in the light of addiction, you know, AA, which has been proven. You have to surrender to a higher power. You have to recognize a higher authority. You have to recognize that there is a God. Those gripped by anger and fear don't know that. They don't know God. Or they've lost that connection. Maybe they had it at one point. Maybe they had it when they were a child. And they need to know that connection through the help and the support that they get from other people. We need to be the light to them, those who are are gripped with anger and fear. And they're going to tell us they want no help. And it's going to be difficult, but we have to break those barriers down. And that circles back to the earlier point of checking in, being respectful of boundaries, but being kind of a nudge, being kind of a pain in the neck, for lack of a better word. Being on top of that person like, hey, I know that this is going to get better. I had somebody tell me recently and confide in me some things that were going on in their life. And it's a good segue to our next point about relationships. And in this relationship with this person, you know, they told me, hey, you know, I'm going through some really dark stuff, some really, really tricky stuff. And just knowing that someone cares has helped me because I've been there for that person. And they're feeling overwhelmed at points. There's a variety of different things. And because of the delicate nature of it, I can't go into it further than that. And there's no need to. I mean, the, the, the basics of the situation prove the point that, you know, hey, I don't necessarily need help because I'm going to get that from maybe a professional or maybe from from somebody else. But I, I do need to know that somebody cares and that 
you know, that there is hope. Like I said to them, you know, hey, I've been down and out too. It gets better. Invariably, life gets better, and it seems hard. You know, Dennis Marshall was the second guest on Undivided, and I had shared with someone else recently, like when he was a teacher, he would say to the to the students, okay, write down today's date. Write down what's bothering you today, and there's this list of like 30 things. And he says, okay, go backwards and write down what was bothering you on this date last year. And on this date two years ago, or on this date five years ago, no one could write anything. No one remembered. Or maybe a couple people had some major thing in their life that they wrote that was going on a year ago. But you go two years ago or five years ago, nobody had anything to write down. And yet you have a list of 30 or 40 things because it's today. Because in our lives and in the situation we're in, in the lane that we're in, it always seems like it's so terrible. And it's so challenging. Because we're in it. And we also tend to forget what we've gone through to get to where we are. So in life coaching, that's a very important aspect of how did what worked before, how can those things serve you now, those skills, that ability, that situation that you navigated, how can we take some of what helped you there to help you in what you're dealing with now? Because the situation, the circumstances might have changed, but our skills and coping skills to deal with them. You know, maybe we have different tools we can use. Our relationships define us. This series has looked at relationships and concepts like hope and forgiveness instead of despair and resentment, the Tracy Leacock episode, the hope over despair episode, living with grudges, living with despair, living in anger, resenting others is very unhealthy. And it's a very unhealthy way to live. Forgiving others, in contrast, and allowing yourself the ability to let go of resentment, as we talked about on Tracy's program, such an enlightened episode, is the only way to move forward. You have to let it all go. You know, Bronson Bro came on the show, and wow, that rhymed. And, uh, and he spoke about, you know, surrender and the concept of surrender. And surrendering your actions, your day, your feelings, everything to God. Forgiving others and allowing yourself the ability to let go of that resentment and to live in the light and not be darkened by anger and hostility. I've spoken about the divine mercy message on this program. I've visited the uh, the shrine, the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy Devotion uh, here in, in America, in uh, Stockbridge, Massachusetts, twice. Um, some of the most uh, wonderful and, and prayerful and peaceful days of my life came there um, in my visits to that very holy place. And I had uh, the honor and privilege and blessing, quite honestly, of being there on Divine Mercy Sunday, which is a Sunday after Easter, for those who are not familiar or not Catholic. Uh, it's the Sunday after Easter, and that's like their big day, right? You know, the, the National Shrine to Divine Mercy, and it's Divine Mercy Sunday. It was a big deal. And there were thousands of people there, and the bishop was there and all this. And it was a very powerful day, very holy day. And, and part of the Divine Mercy message 
know, Jesus has appeared to St. Faustina, you know, back in, in the day, so to speak. And part of that divine mercy message is, you know, Jesus is merciful, right? He's a merciful God. And I like to think of God as a merciful God. I mentioned it to a coworker the other day who said, you know, I've done so many bad things in my past. I've done so many things that I am ashamed of doing. I hurt other people or I stole from people or whatever it was. And I said, listen, that doesn't matter because I believe that our God is a merciful God. I was trying to live out part of the divine mercy message that's very hard for me to do in my relationships, which is to be mercy to other people. I ask for mercy all the time. I'll be straight with you. You know, Pope Francis went out on a balcony, just celebrated, you know, 50 years of being in the priesthood, Pope Francis, and it was his birthday, his 50th anniversary of being ordained all the way back as being a, like a regular parish priest, and now is, is the Pope. Pope Francis walked out on the balcony when he was elected Pope. And, you know, his first major interview, they said, well, who are you? He says, I'm a sinner. He didn't say I was the bishop of, you know, Buenos Aires, Argentina, or whatever it was. I am a sinner. And so am I. And we all are, but we have a merciful God. And part of that message is as much as I ask for mercy, I say, God, please forgive me for doing this or for not doing this or neglecting to do this today because of X, Y, Z. Part of that is being mercy to others. And if we were that way to other people, if we were merciful to them and show them kindness when they may be angry at us for something we didn't do. Think about the change that that would make in someone's life. Self-care and self-love are two important themes of prior episodes, and they've also been sub-themes in other episodes. So why are these concepts so important? Self-care and self-love. So self-care was the episode that my sister, Maria Maduri, came on the program. And it was a very important episode to the context of the trajectory of the series. It was an early show, too. And the self-love episode was kind of in the middle of the life cycle of the show with Amy Phillips. And that show is the most listened to show that was ever done on this program. My show, July 4th show in America a couple years ago, was the second most and one of the most listened to things on Life Coach Radio. It was in the top 10 of the whole year. So those are episodes of people that said, as it comes to an end, if people are listening for the first time, you know, what should I listen to? Those are some of the episodes that you should listen to. Self-care and self-love are two very important themes. Why? It's the core, it's the central component of being able to love others, being able to love yourself, being able to love yourself first and care for yourself so that you can be of service to others. Even the Pope has talked about the importance of leisure and the importance of vacation. And he's in the service industry. I kind of joke, but he's true. Like he, he's more about service 
in service to those in need than other popes even have been, taking on the name Francis for St. Francis, right? Being of service to others is such an important part of what we're called to do and is such an important part of what I've asked people to do in order to live undivided, to bridge these divides that are inherent in society. However, if we don't love ourselves and we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to do that. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. And those are the important things that both Maria and Amy as guests on this show and very important, you know, experts in, in those areas put forth to the audience. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's necessary because neglecting yourself to give completely to another person becomes counterproductive. At some point, as we've talked about energy leadership on this series many times, and energy leadership, excuse me, it's called level four energy. And it's where you're very caring, which is great. I find myself primarily at level four a lot. I care about other people at the expense of myself. I care about what other people, how they view me, how they look at me, how they perceive me. I want to also care for other people. I go out of my way to help. We've talked about servant leadership on this program before. It's the servant leadership mentality. It's the Ken Blanchard school, which I mentioned in the Jennifer Ball episode. You know, I've been taking classes and then my classes ended just before Thanksgiving with Ken Blanchard. And, you know, Ken Blanchard says, you know, how do you do it? You live like and you lead like Jesus. That's how you become a great leader. That's how you become a great manager. You lead like Jesus led. You give of yourself. But if you don't take care of yourself and you don't love yourself, that's going to become a problem. If you don't take care of your physical, your emotional, you get the proper rest. If you don't do any of those things, if you don't take time to appreciate certain things in your life, as I said, but the perspective is everything. And the perception versus reality, which we talked about with Sylvia DeMott, and the person that I talked about that I, uh, my colleague at work years ago that had some struggles that confided in me and was really struggling, like emotionally and mentally and having some you know, mental health scenarios and having some anxiety episodes that was affecting his work. And he even said to me, at the end of the day, I live in a really nice neighborhood in central New Jersey. I have an awesome car. I've got a great family that supports me. I am blessed. So think about this kind of perspective. And it was a younger person, too, to have that perspective. And saying to me, you know, Frank, don't worry about me because at the end of the day, I'm going to get right because I'm going to learn to love myself so that I can love others. Because at the end of the day, I've been given a lot more than other people have ever been given. And I've been given opportunities and I've been given an education and I've been given the ability to reach people in a profound way. I have a life that other people dream about. There's that, that meme going around social media, you know, the job that you hate is a job that someone would love to have. The car that you hate driving is one that someone would, you know, jump through hoops to drive. The house that you hate living in because you think it's too small would be, you know, someone's dream home. 
And it goes on. You get the point. We tend to get stuck. We all do, as my grandfather called it, in the six inches in front of our windshield. We all tend to get stuck in our own lane. Or we start buying into things that are going on around us instead of focusing on what's truly important. You know, all these things, you know, and I say that a lot when I counsel people to change jobs or careers. I've put all this energy into this career and now I found that it's changed or I found that I'm unfulfilled or I found that it's not what I wanted it to be. And how do I take care of myself and my family and be of service to others when I'm miserable in the primary job that I have that takes up, you know, 40, 50 hours of any given week and I'm completely not fulfilled in it. And I tell them that jobs can change careers can change. You can reinvent yourself. You can use the gifts and talents. And sometimes that's the call, you know, for people that are not spiritually connected, they don't see that for people that are, they say, Hey, God's calling me to do something else. As I've talked about on this program, I have no plan. My plan is God's plan for my life. I've done a lot of different things because I've trusted and surrendered. And it's a very hard thing to do. I find myself grappling with it every day, being honest with you. But I have found that I've been really miserable in certain jobs and careers, and it was so not worth me being as miserable as I was. I made myself, you know, physically ill, emotionally ill over a job or a career path that I thought was the right thing. And you know what? And I couldn't see and perceive the world. And I even said to God, like, you need to show me the plan because I feel like I'm totally off course. And I feel like basically you don't have my back. And I'm being very honest with you. And that was not right of me to do at the time. I was, but I was in, in despair. And God showed me a plan, but it took years to unfold. And I didn't get it until certain things happened. And other guests on the show have said that. I didn't understand all the moves I made until three moves down the line, they all made sense. And I've said that to people, don't get caught up in that because it's counterproductive. Get into what you can do. And then maybe this is a time for you to do something different because no career is worth doing that to yourself and putting yourself through hell. There'll be other jobs. There'll be other careers. There'll be other things you could do that you will find fulfilling. Or maybe your, your values shift or change, or maybe your outlook changes. You know, I had a conversation with a friend about that. Like you get to a point in your life where you don't want to do the things you did when you were younger. It doesn't make you as fulfilled as it used to. That's okay. It's sometimes hard to wrap your head around that, and, but it's not worth it. It's not worth doing that to yourself. I'm a testimonial of that. It's important to care for yourself and to move on and to have faith that God has your back, essentially, and has a plan for your life. And have faith to move forward into whatever that might be. The role of coaching is where we always hit at this point in our program, and I thank you so much for being with us. Excuse me for a moment. <clears throat> the role of coaching in being the light to those in our worlds, as we've talked about, the small world in which we impact change, uh, 
so many people exist in this darkness, this hopelessness, this restlessness. What life coaching can do, personal coaching can do, is help people to harness those gifts and talents, as I just alluded to. So it's a good segue. And overcome their own fears. Because, hey, even myself, you know, when I saw things open up in front of me, I said, really? God, this is what you want me to do? And sometimes those things didn't work out, but they worked out for another reason. Maybe I met people that I wouldn't have met. Maybe the job didn't work out, but the people helped me at other points. Like, there's all different ways where things play out that I say, aha, it makes sense. But in the moment, you're afraid. You're afraid. You have fears. You have to live life in the present. So many people are, and it's a human condition thing, are stuck in the past. Or maybe even stuck on, well, that person hurt me, so I don't want to deal with them anymore. Or that person created a lot of darkness, if for lack of a better word, in my life by their actions. So I don't want to deal with them anymore. It's important to let go of the past and say to yourself that the future is not promised to anybody. You know, all we have is today, as I've talked about on this program before. It sounds cliche, but it's true. And coaching will teach you to live in the present moment. Sometimes not even today. It's almost like an addict, like we have to go minute to minute or, or five minutes to five minutes or in 15-minute blocks until we get through the day. You know, some addicts have to do that to, to prevent themselves from relapsing. It's so literally like a minute-to-minute scenario and how terrible that must feel. But it, it trains you to be stronger and it trains you to live your life in a certain way because you tend to, to not take anything for granted and you tend to, uh, when you live life in the present, uh, live for each interaction because we all don't know. I've had a couple of people in life recently that I've been connected to, you know, through other people that have died young. And when you think about that, you know, in, in, in very tragic situations, you know, things that should not have happened, uh, you know, medical mistakes, things like that, like in surgeries and stuff, that should not have happened. That person should still, quote, unquote, should still be here, right? But life is not promised to any of us. So coaching helps people tackle those internal blocks that we all have the interpretations, the uh, limiting beliefs. A lot of what we talked about recently with both Nancy Coble and Sylvia DeMott, and then really recently with Leah Allison in our last show in episode 59. It all connects. All the shows that I've done are connected, loosely or otherwise. It helps to tackle those internal blocks. Like I make a judgment... I can't do that today. That's a judgment that I've made instead of trusting my instincts. And then sometimes your instincts are right. Hey, maybe I shouldn't do that today because it's a, you're going to get a foot of snow. That's probably a good instinct to follow. Maybe I shouldn't drive an hour away today. Maybe I should stay put. Maybe I should use this day and this time that I was going to go do X, Y, and Z to serve in another way. And when you do that, when you remove these internal blocks, oh, what are people going to say about me? You know, I had to confront some some things that were going on in different aspects of my work recently 
um, all the way around and uh, both, both um, you know, within different situations and, you know, whether it's individual or group and I'm saying, well, what's their group going to think about me if I say this? And they said, you know what? Falling into the trap. That's a judgment. That's an interpretation. That's a limiting belief. I was having all these things that inner critic is saying that you, well, you can't say that you're going to look, you know, this way to, to these people. I just said it. I just was out with it. And I was amazed at what the results were. And I was amazed with what happened. And the, the reactions were different than I thought. When you remove those blocks, as coaching helps do, you live a life of fulfillment. And that living that life, that type of life of being truly fulfilled, you know, following your your goals and objectives, being organized, being ready to hit the ground running, so to speak, is attractive to other people. And it's attractive to those who a lot of times in what I've seen is attractive to those who are living their life in neutral, so to speak. They're living their lives of quiet desperation, as Karen Natasha's show was about. Karen's another show is one of the top five shows ever, ever done. So please listen to that show as well. They all are important. They, every show has got an important message and a message that I was so blessed to give. But, you know, that whole show is about people that were living their life in neutral, living their lives in what Matthew Kelly calls quiet desperation, like sitting behind the cubicle, doing a report and emailing it and going home at the end of the day and, and not being fulfilled by any of it. And feeling this just dread of doing the same thing every week, every Thursday. Ugh. I was in a job where the nature of the job was every other week we had a schedule. So like uh, this week, week one, I did this week two, I did that. And it was um, a job where I was traveling. So I was doing outside sales. So it was all right. This week was essentially zone one. The next week was zone two. So every other Thursday, I was doing the same thing. And every other Wednesday, I was doing the same thing. And it drove me crazy. It was too repetitive. And I felt like I was just completely going through the motions. And that's ultimately why it didn't work out for me as a long-term thing for my career. Because I didn't like that kind of thing. It works for some people. For me, it made me really feel like I was stuck in neutral and that I could do and give a lot more and that I wanted to have more freedom to do things the way I wanted them to do and not be so structured. So again, it's, it's what makes you, you fulfilled. But that becomes attractive to people that are living in neutral and they're going to ask you, how do you do this? And then you could share with them. Life coaching will help in all of that. And then finally tonight, our common ground segment. And I know we're a little bit beyond, but we also did a couple things at the midpoint. We thanked the guests, so I appreciate you staying with me an extra few minutes. The common ground segment tonight is about those who are stuck or those who are living in isolation because they've alienated people around them. Contrasted with those who want to help and do not know how. And those who are tired of getting pushed around, so to speak, by those who are angry all the time, and those who live in the light but have overcome struggles to get there. So in our common ground tonight, we all have to do better to understand where each person is without judging them or their situation. And that's very hard for us to do, but it's very important that we do that. 
We all have to be better listeners and active listeners. So many of the times we're listening to talk. You know, I learned about that active listening going through life coaching. I also learned about it in different sales training. And I also learned about it in the Ken Blanchard training that I had. They talked about it. You know, active listening is very important because we're always, a lot of people are either constantly thinking about what they're going to say to what the person's saying to them. And then once that thought gets in their mind, they don't want to lose it. So they're thinking about that and tuning out the other person. And we've all done it. You have to train your brain to be so present in the moment or in this time of multitasking, we're typing on a laptop or texting on our phone while listening to people. And I've done it myself because I'm trying to do 12 hours of work in an eight hour period of time. And so people are coming in constantly or swinging by wherever I am to tell me something that might be important and is certainly important enough to them that they're stepping away from their work to tell me what's going on. Maybe they need my help. Maybe they just need me to know. Maybe they need some kind of guidance. Maybe they just want to get something off their chest, whatever it might be. And I'm in the middle of doing something else that maybe is time sensitive. We have to be better listeners, more active listeners, and create relationships of mutual respect by putting ourselves out there, as I alluded to before, and loving those who might be unlovable. You know, there's people I've said, man, how could you love that person? They're so angry. They're so abrasive. They're so in your face. I've heard stories about people, oh, you know, my stepfather said this to me, or my stepmother said that to me, or my cousin told me to, you know, go drive off a cliff. Like people have said very hurtful things to other people. And we are called to be there for that person to love them because they are a child of God. They're a fellow human being. And it's hard, but how does that start? It starts with self-love. It starts with loving yourself and then loving others and treating others the way you want to be treated. So that's our common ground for tonight is to live that commandment, to love one another as you would like to be, as you love yourself, treat others the way you want to be treated. You want to treat yourself badly? I don't think so. Everyone, I think, wants to treat each other pretty good, pretty well. Love that person. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Love yourself. Allow yourself forgiveness. Forgive yourself for what you've done because we've all made mistakes. And it sounds cliche that we've all made mistakes. We all have to move on. It sounds Maybe a little out there to some people, but the devil is real, and the devil is out there, and the devil wants you to be stuck in darkness, wants you to be stuck in your past, wants you to be stuck in your mistakes or your sins, whatever you want to call them. When you've fallen down, when you've done something you shouldn't have, and that is so counterproductive, and that's so not with the way you have to live. Love yourself, forgive yourself truly, surrender yourself to God, and that's how you can move forward to love others. And that's how we'll live truly undivided. Excuse me, I needed a sip of water. (laughs) A lot of talking. Uh, And that's our episode for tonight. And that's our final episode here of the Undivided series. And I want to thank all of you for joining us um, along the journey. I'm going to wrap up the show, and I ask that you please 
stay with me tonight because it's, you know, if you've jumped off the show, as you know, I got to do some show promotions for the network and I'm going to do some promotions for some of our sponsors and, and then also for the, for our sponsor audible.com and, and how grateful I am to them sponsoring this program, the whole series and, uh, you know, do some charitable spots, especially during this Christmas season, um, but bear with me because it's the end of the show you don't want to miss. Money Magic with Gold Con. Check the website, second and fourth Tuesday of the month, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat channel. Replenish me, Cordelia Gaffar. Check out our archive episode. She is moving to a new network by Christmas. Uh, so please check those episodes out and then check out her website and, um, and find out about the, the new series. Uh, Erica Weederlight Show. Live, 11.30 a.m., that's her time slot, uh, Mondays, uh, Monday, December 23rd. So Christmas week, you might be off, you might be traveling that day. Pop it on, 11.30 in the morning, or go to wethelight.com for more information. Speaking of being the light, the light of the world. Uh, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. I want to thank audible.com for being our sponsor. SalvationArmyUS.org. Please go on the website. As I said, there are eight less days this year. They're going to be behind $250,000. Please help them. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104. www.foodforthepoor.org. MAP International, 800-225-8550. That's MAP International, 800 800- 225-8550 or www.map.org SamaritansPurse.org Samaritan's Purse awesome organization SamaritansPurse.org 828-262-1980 that's 828-262-1980 for Samaritan's Purse and as we close out the show for tonight you know I had dedicated this program to my parents and I wanted to to do that. I felt compelled to do that. My dad's favorite uh, song, uh, church song, gospel song, was One Bread, One Body. And in that song, it's, you know, one bread, one body, one Lord of all, one cup of blessing, which we bless, and we the many throughout the world, we are one body in this one Lord. Those words, and, and you can, you know, Google search One Bread, One Body's lyrics, we're one community. We're one people. We have to start treating each other like brothers and sisters. And this stuff, like what happened in Jersey City last week, what happens every day, it seems like, on the news, this hatred, this violence, uh, the pain can all cease. Jesus tells us, to, you know, the parable of the lampstand. Like when you buy a new lamp, do you put it underneath the desk? Do you put it underneath the counter? Do you put a basket over the top of it? No. You put it on top of the table or on top of the desk and let that shine, that light shine for all to see. We are called to be the lampstand, the light on the lampstand for the world that we are in to make change in our small world, to live and be the light to those who are in darkness by loving ourselves and loving others. The light will win if you allow it to. And in this Christmas season and in this season of light, I'm going to leave you tonight with a couple of quotes uh, from the Bible and, 
and then thank some people that have meant so much to me along the way, along this, this journey where I said I was going to ask a lot of questions. The most favorite, most famous, excuse me, uh, biblical verse is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then from John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Be the light. And that's how we will live undivided. I want to thank Russ Terry for this opportunity. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my wife who it was so supportive of me. You know, we had the live shows. It was a lot of late night dinners. When I had the archive shows, it was a lot of time spent that day at night trying to promote the show when I had recorded it on another day. This entire series was a lot. Sometimes it was the only night I had free for a week or two weeks, and I was doing a live show. And that meant not being able to spend time with her, not being able to spend time with my family. So what's next for, for me? You know, I don't know. None of us do. The Today is, is the only thing that we have. Tomorrow is not promised to any man or woman on this earth. But I do plan to return in some way or, or some form to the network uh, to doing podcasting. I've heard from so many people in the audience that have been so supportive. I just don't know what that's going to look like. It's probably not going to be as committed as this series was. I don't really know. That's for the future. And that's for my trust in, in God to play out my plan and God's plan for my life. What's next? But Russ Terry gave me an awesome opportunity. I want to thank him for that. And I want to say as we enter a, a new year and a new decade, I my hope is that at this point, you know, everyone said, oh, there's so much division in the world, you know, and, and you did this show. Well, yes, but I did this show to bring the light. And to show how much we are alike. And I truly believe and hope. And I know that we will persevere. And that light will win. Over this darkness and over this division. We have to resort to love. Love is the only thing that's going to win over hate. Remember what Dr. King said. Love will win. The light will win. So be the light to the people in your life that are in darkness. And that's how we'll all truly live undivided. So this has been Undivided Episode 60, The Light of the World, the final episode. Thank you all so much in the audience for being with me over the course of this series. I truly appreciate it. I want to thank every guest that has ever come on. And for Russ Terry, for Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts here on the Life Coach Radio Network, be blessed. Be well. Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Be the light to those in need. And may God bless all of you and hold you in the palm of his hand. <laughs>